What's going on, everybody? This is Mike Costello with Hunting Ain't Easy, and it has been several months since I've put anything new up on the podcast. Um, just keep having all these great conversations with myself in my own head and not actually recording them. So to the extent that you enjoy the podcast and, and the topics, uh, apologies for not staying up on top of it. But as you all know, we've all got lives, we've got jobs, families, priorities, distractions. And so um, I do hope to come at you with more content in the, in the coming months. There's lots to talk about. There's endless supply of issues and opportunities and ideas to, to dig into. And to the extent that you enjoy the show, uh, thank you for that. Uh, this particular episode is a series of mountain recordings during my five to six day uh, hunt this year in a D zone backcountry here in California. Um, it was a it was a two tag hunt. Had a bear tag and a deer tag in my pocket, and definitely made the most out of um, the time up there. A um, little bit of excitement early in the hunt, and then some some weather came in, which made things fun. I uh, saw a lot of deer. All the spoiler alert: not very many legal bucks, but it was it was a great hunt, and I think it's typical of of kind of the highs and lows that people have uh, hunting anywhere. Um, but I wanted to share this with you since I've got these recordings from uh, Mountainside when I was up there doing the thing and um, figured there's some nuggets of uh, some experiences here that hopefully help you uh, either from an in inspirational view, educational view, or just an entertainment view. So thanks for listening in. Again, this is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy, throwing it back to my fall 2022 hunt in uh, public land backcountry, California. Okay, so it is Tuesday, October 18th, and I am finally in the mountains. Um, man, this hunting season has been, well, not much of a hunting season. Just been busy with life stuff. Um, you know, kids go to college have high school volleyball work has been insane just super busy a lot of my team is on the central or east coast time so I get up and I'm like oh okay I'll hit it hard early I'll jump in and work central time or east coast time and then cut out in the afternoon and then of course I end up working through pacific time too so anyways work's been busy and um, then we've been doing this thing, trying to get a cabin in the woods, which has been fun. Um, but boy, that's time consuming. And uh, so anyways, I've been out and I can say I've hunted like three or four full days, I think two overnights maybe one or two overnights um yeah and just you know just but nothing serious nothing I, I, to me a hunting trip is multi-day 
you know, three to 10 days backcountry and really immersed in the hunting. And so that just hasn't happened yet this year, this, this season for deer or bear. So I'm excited. Anyways, in the mountains now at about 7,000 feet and, uh, going to be hiking in tomorrow morning right at the crack of dawn um got about three mile walk to do and i'll get into about 8200 feet honestly this is an area that i have barely scouted um i've been into it for all of two partial days um I think it holds a lot of promise. I've seen when I came up to put some cameras up in here in July, July 3rd, uh, bumped several deer, saw a bear. And uh, so I know there's critters up in here. And I think that the, the terrain is really optimal for, you know, above tree line, high country alpine type hunting for both deer and bear there should still be some some moisture in some meadows and uh that's good for for both both animals and i think one of the best things that's going on right now is being late october or mid you know the back side of october um deer might start shaking off their their hidey hole habits where they just kind of stay tucked away and not moving um it's gonna get cold it's not cold now it hasn't been cold at all but uh there's some precipitation on the on the horizon it's tuesday night i think sunday Weather's going to be just completely, or Saturday, the weather's going to be a completely different deal. Uh, temperature, daytime temperatures are going to drop about 30 degrees. Nighttime temps are going to get down into the teens. And um, up at eight to 9,000 foot elevation where I'll be, it should be snowing. So just a dramatic change in weather pattern. And that's always good for getting the bucks up off off the ground and out of their beds and moving around a little bit more. Um, kind of hoping that if I haven't filled this tag by Sunday morning, that morning lows, low temps up here might be down to like 10 degrees. And so I'm thinking deer are going to be up on their feet and they're going to be out in the open a little bit trying to get some sun on their bodies. So that's that should help a lot too. Anyways, I'm just excited. I think there might be a migration route up here. So I'm gonna be glassing, um, going in way heavier than I like to. You know, archery season, I can go in. I don't. I don't really even need to bring a tent. Just bring a tarp. And uh, you know, clothing wise, layers are are fewer and lighter. And um, <laughs> I don't. I like to move. I like to move more, keep camp with me, and uh, stay a little more mobile during early season. 
But with it getting cold and weather being predicted, I'm coming in with my tent and also just the topography up here really demands a spotting scope, which I often don't carry. But um, I've got some big views, big basins, high ridges. And so my, my plan for this hunt is really just to get up on some peaks or knobs or ridges and spend good chunks of the day um, just glassing, looking for movement, looking for bucks getting out in the sun, um, looking for deer moving downhill um, as it's getting later in the month. Some deer will start moving downhill. But uh, so anyways, heavier, carrying more weight. And so really just going in three miles is plenty. <laughs> And going in about 12 to 1500 foot elevation gains plenty. Um, the area that's nearby here that I've scouted quite a bit more, and I've got cameras in for the third or fourth year now, um, where I know there's bucks, I know the area better. I'm not going in there because physically I'm just not ready. You know, it's that one is a four to six mile hike in, and um, it it requires you know 3000 vertical feet of gain to get up to the top ridge it's just a beast of a hike and so i'm not in condition for that right now I just haven't dedicated the time and investment and focus on getting physically fit for that so i'll say this is the easy route although it's still going to put me in that 8 8 to 9000 foot range and uh i would definitely call it backcountry um, driving in here, I saw one, no, two, like, RV-type camps. Um, one of them might be a, a, a cattle herder or rancher. Um, they run some cattle up here, and it was in a spot that sometimes I think the cattle ranchers set up at. And they'll be pulling those cattle out of here pretty soon as the weather starts to turn. But maybe two hunting camps coming in a little bit lower, RV-style setups. Um, I expect that where I am now, we'll have hunters kind of all over it once we get to the weekend. But, but the weather could change that if it's snowing, it's cold or sleet. People might stay home and say they want to skip it. Um, but anyways, I'll be a few miles in, and I won't be here at that point. So I'm looking forward to getting the backcountry. I think it will be quiet, and there won't be a lot of hunters back in there. Um, maybe a few, but so many of these zones, if you just make a little bit of effort, you can really get away from everybody. And that's my anticipation here. So going in, uh, what layers for temperatures that are getting down into the teens at night and in the 40s and 50s or in the day, you know, puffy down. I've got my fishnet, which people crack up about, but I've got my Brignet Merino wool fishnet base layers. I think they work. I know they work. 
Um, so top and bottoms on those. And then I've got Merino, more traditional Merino, second base layer to go over that if it gets wicked cold. And then just my, my Eddie Bauer um, Guide Pro pants, which are damn near indestructible, lightweight, don't hold moisture. Um, they're just great outer layer. Um, and then, uh, on the top, like I said, I got that second Merino layer and then a fleece from superior fleece. I'm rocking that. It's, it's a polar tech alpha direct fleece. It is like air. It is so lightweight, um, but holds warmth really well, breathes really well. So I've got that. And then, uh, just a polyester camouflage shirt, long sleeve from Cryptek. And then I got my puffy and then I got my scree gear, um, rain setup, top and bottom, which I've actually been out in the rain quite a bit early this summer and spring. Uh, and that, that scree gear outfit did great. I mean, one day I did nine miles in rain and snow just got soaked on the outside. Um, but man, the, the, that gear did, did what it needed to do. So had a couple hikes like that scouting. So I've got my, my rain layers as well. And, um, you know, pretty basic setup not too technical. One day of bad weather, if I have to, um, I'll just hunker down in the tent for some of that day if I have to. So, and on that note, because I'm going in heavier than normal, I'm not going to move a lot. My plan is to get back in there and, and set up and kind of create a base camp. And then that way I can be mobile each day if I want and, um, you know, lighten my load when I'm moving around each day quite a bit. So base camp will be out three miles in and then I may spike out from there a couple miles each day, uh, just check out some of these different basins. But, uh, <clears throat> one thing I'm going to do is once I get in there and get set up with the tent and get camp kind of dialed in is I'm going to stow away some dry wood, um, and kind of get my, my fire plan figured out because when that rain does start, um, I want to have plenty of, plenty of dry wood and kindling stocked away so I can keep a keep a warm fire going um obviously not inside the tent but but close to it and uh i usually don't rock a campfire usually you know i don't really care about the campfire thing and i don't cook with a stove cold soak all my food but i was up here a few years ago during a good storm and got six inches of snow overnight and of course going into you know, the evening it's snowing and, you know, it's getting dark and there's just not much to do. Um, but a campfire at that point felt really good. So with the weather getting a little ugly, I know I'm going to want to have some fire up here and days are getting shorter too, mid to late October. You know, it's dark before seven, sun comes up after seven. So I've got more darkness than daytime. And, uh, I'm going to want to sit out and stay warm a little bit if I can. 
so that's it got a bear tag got a deer tag and uh i saw a bear coming in driving so yeah just big old yeah i won't say big good size medium to good size black black bear uh running down the road on this forest road so that was encouraging um I'm up here for either one. Obviously, you know, I just mentally, I'm like, oh, I'd love to get a good buck. I'd love to get a big buck. But at the same time, there's more meat on a bear. Big bear has more meat on than a big buck. And uh, I know my mindset is such that I'll pass. In the first couple of days, I'll probably pass on a really young, really small buck. Just like I'll pass on a really young, really small bear but first somewhat mature buck (laughs) or somewhat mature bear that I can get my eyes on I'm probably going to take a shot at it Um, you know like I said not a lot of time in the hunting season this year uh, not a lot of time left. This may be the the only real trip I get out. And um, so I'm up here to fill tags. Uh, one at least. Who knows? Maybe two if I get it done early enough, get, get the first one filled early enough. I'll be happy to take bu- both a buck and a bear if I can. I've got the days cut set aside. So anyways, that's it. Time to cut the lights and... Uh, get some sleep, um, get up early and get moving right around dawn, a little bit before, a little before light and, uh, just kind of hike slow. I'm going to hike slow and kind of still hunt, still hike through from my parking spot here to where I think my camp's going to be. And I'll be hunting the whole way in. So it'll take a few hours to cover those three miles because I'm going to go slow and uh, just kind of do a lot of observation and glassing. And uh, who knows? Maybe something pops out tomorrow morning on the way in. I won't complain. So first installment of Hunty Dane Easy, backcountry, bucks and bears hunt on public land mid-October. Take care, everybody. We'll check in tomorrow. Okay, so it's Wednesday morning, and uh, it's not that cold. This uh, Merino, Brignier Merino uh, base layer is plenty warm, although I sweat no matter what I'm wearing, if I'm hiking. Anyways, got moving just as, well, it was still dark. Probably first half hour, I still need a headlamp, but just got moving just as there was a little bit of gray light showing up on the east. And uh, so that was probably 640, 6.30 in the morning. Um, Right now, I'm line of sight. I'm about three quarters of a mile from where I want to get to for camp. It's about a 700 foot gain, so it's a nice steep little push. 
to get up to that ridge. And, uh, I don't know, maybe half a mile in, I bumped a couple deer, so that was good to see. I'm pretty sure they were does. I could barely, barely see them and didn't get my binoculars out in time to check to see if they had any headgear. But, uh, so far I've been seeing lots of cow pies, um, you know, cattle turds and, uh, so this is range, this is open range for cattle, but I was figuring the cattle had been moved out as we're getting towards the end of the season here and maybe weather coming in. But uh, here I am at 7,400 feet, about a mile and a half, two miles in, and I can hear cowbells. <laughs> so that's a little annoying and frustrating. Um, really hoping that the drainage that I plan on hunting doesn't have cattle in it. But there's always other drainages, other basins, other ridges that just take a little bit of a walk in to get to. So if there are cattle in there, um, it won't be a complete bust. I'll hunt it for a day maybe and then check out some other locations on foot. So anyways, that's it. Good morning, easy morning. Got a little bit of a vertical climb to go into now to get up to where I'm going to camp. And uh, and then it's get behind the glass and start looking for critters. We'll check in later. All right. So it is morning two and I'm doing some glassing. Figured uh, yesterday deserves an update. Um... Got the iPhone in the marsupial gear by no pouch, so you might hear a little bit of rustling around. You might also hear a fly buzz around me, which is annoying. Uh, so yesterday I got up to the ridge where I want to camp around 10 or so. Just slow hike in. Not a lot of elevation gain, but the last pitch was pretty steep, about a thousand feet and mile and I'm not in exactly awesome backcountry mountain shape right now but uh, as I mentioned earlier I was also I'm also carrying more than I normally do both in terms of gear for the various degrees of weather that we're going to have also got my spotting scope and a new tripod slick tripods is having a sale on some of their lower end gear and since i've been using really bare bones cheap stuff uh i got a slick aluminum tripod it's 60 bucks instead of 120 and it is four pounds instead of the cheap tripod two pounds but it's actually sturdy so anyways, with full glassing setup, add some weight, of course, spotting scope and tripod, um, food for six days, etc. So hiking was slow, got here around 10 and uh, glassed for a few hours from the ridge that I'm planning on making my home and main kind of base camp. And uh, 
don't know, 1.30 or 2 or so, I decided to set out and figure out where's water because it is dry up here. And uh, so I side-hilled for about a mile and a half, hoping that, the t- you know, like the top edge, top, top section of one of these little seasonal creeks might still have a seat going. And uh, <laughs> it took a while to find water, but finally got some water. And since I had basically wrapped myself all the way around the mountain or, or you know, a third to half the way around the mountain, I figured I'd just sit and glass that up. So kind of hung out on that side until about four and then decided I want to get back to my main area and have the evening glassing over there. And um, within about a quarter mile of making my way back with my, what was it, two, eight liters? So, I don't know, two and a quarter gallons of water. Um, I saw a bear. <laughs> Not a big bear, but saw a bear kind of in the timber, kind of traversing the same direction I was. And um, I thought, oh, look at that. So let's see, let's see if I can get this bear to stop. And because it was cruising, um, you know, their, their steady pace is like our run when it comes to traversing terrain. And uh, so I squealed on a, kind of crouched down at a rock. So I've got my backpack full, you know, got, I've got like gear on and uh, crouched down behind a rock and kind of squeal. I was really out in the open. And so this bear looks over at me pauses for a second and then just keeps cruising and actually picks up pace a little bit. Looks like it's going to go a little deeper into the woods. So I kind of scramble and continue to move laterally with it. And um, <clears throat> finally get to where I can't see the bear anymore, which means maybe it can't see me. And again just do the contours of the land. Um, so we're obscured from each other. I just start wailing on this little doe in, or doe or fawn in a distress call. Just wailing on it, high pitched, loud, screaming. And sure enough, the bear decided I want to check it out. And the bear kind of rolls over this contour in the, in the land just on a full... I wouldn't say gallop, but definitely a strong trot (laughs) headlong straight at me. And I'm wailing on this thing. And at this point, I'm sure it sees me, but it's just running head on at me. And so now I'm standing backpack on, like not at all ready for a shot, but it's coming in probably at basically about 30 to 40 yards. I had the crosshairs on its chest and decided to pull the trigger. Um, I think this is one of those situations where sometimes you have an opportunity to like sit and study an animal and uh, other times things happen fast and this happened fast. And so squeeze the shot off, hit it somewhere in the chest or shoulder 
and it stands up and spins around and while it's doing that um i shot it again or took a shot at it again ultimately four shots discharged um it probably went I was kind of tracking it, following it along where it went. And uh, it went about, I don't know, 100, 200 yards. Kind of across the little creek drainage where I'd found water. And so finally, I believe of the first three shots, I landed two of them. But I'm shooting offhand. And, uh, you know, not ideal shooting conditions given the moment and everything. And so finally, it's kind of across a little ridge. It's at about 100 yards out. And I'm able to get down, sit down, get the pack off. And uh, just sitting, kind of knees pulled up to me, able to land one more shot. And that third shot hit it for sure. And it instantly just buckled and tumbled down the hill. And it was dead. Um so a little bit of a rodeo but uh it went fast and so first day in i've got a bear down um turns out it was a a smallish sow probably younger i'm gonna say in the mm, i don't know three to five year range probably in the four to five year range i think um her teeth are pretty good but uh, still a heavy, you know, I don't care what you say. Even a 150 to 200 pound bear is a heavy bear. Um, <clears throat> so spend the next couple hours breaking her down and uh, got her all quartered out. And um, <clears throat> I decided to take two trips. I've got, you know, spotting scope, all the gear. I've got all the water, rifle. I've got plenty of weight, dead weight, plus the meat and the head. <clears throat> and so I decided to take two trips to pack her out and got back to camp. Finally at like 9.30, 10. Um, stopped along the way. Saw another hunter who'd come in that evening. Um, basically the path that I was taking went right past where his tent was set up twice. And so said hello to him. He's kind of, he's hunting the same drainage as me, turns out, but entirely possible we won't see each other again. So bear down day one of a five to six day hunt. Um, got the meat cooled off really well overnight to hung up in a tree. And uh, I think the plan today is I'm going to pack the meat out debone it, pack it out, and then um, get it on ice, and then come back in. Because the real deer hunt is this weekend. That's when the weather's going to change. We're going to get some really cold weather. We're going to get some snow and some rain. I think that snap, plus being a few days later, we're getting in that last week of October where deer start moving around a little more just on their own. So uh, exciting day yesterday. Pretty stoked about it. Um, bears are where you find them. 
a lot of times it's just an opportunity shot. And uh, this one was this one was pretty wild. Uh, never, you don't really plan on an offhand standing shot with something coming at you at 40 yards, but given the opportunity, it's the right thing to do. Okay. We'll update later with how day two goes. Probably a heavy pack out. Okay, this is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy. And I guess, uh, I guess yesterday it was a little bit easy. Although getting back here was hard. Um, <clears throat> so, second day recap. Um, did some glassing this morning. Slept in. <laughs> Just didn't want to move until I had natural light on the tent. And so that was like 6.15 or so. That there's a little bit of light out. <clears throat> but um, anyway, slept in. Did some glassing. And uh, I don't know, by 8.30 or 9 a.m. Decided with some coaxing from uh, my buddy Phil. He is wise. He pointed out that today was probably the day to get the bear meat off the mountain and onto ice because Friday, Saturday, Sunday are going to be showtime. <sighs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are going to be probably ideal hunting conditions for deer. Not so much Friday other than just kind of getting ready, but Saturday with, with the nasty weather that's coming in, we've got supposedly rain, snow, low temperatures, Sunday morning at sunrise, the temperature is supposed to be in the, the teens. And that's down at like 6,000 feet. So up here at 8,200, um, who knows, man? We could be down in single digits, which I may just be hiding out in the tent at that point. I don't know. Um, I've got some good layers. So I think I'm ready for it, but we'll see. I haven't haven't really been out in those kind of temps in a long time, maybe if ever. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, on Phil's advice, I, uh, deboned the meat, got the meat deboned and, uh, that cut the weight probably by a third and cut the bulk by about a half. Um, and this bear was, this bear had a lot of fat on her, um, inch to two inches in some spots um so i got a good amount of fat off of her as well as quite a bit of meat um a couple game bags full so of deboned meat which is quite a bit when you get down to it so that was cool loaded up <clears throat> and um with the head and the meat and just a few other things to hike out with um I don't know. It felt like 70 to 80 pounds. It was probably less, but I'm just out of shape. But thankfully, all, almost all downhill, um, uphill sections were just, just debilitating um, for me. But uh, almost all downhill. And uh, got down to the truck. Jumped in the truck, drove down to get some ice because I'm a dummy and didn't bring ice in the cooler. 
didn't think that I was going to be filling tags on uh, the first day and have a need to do anything other than load and go. So drove down to drove down a little bit to town, um, got some ice, got a Gatorade, and uh, just jammed back up to the mountain. And uh, I was back up on the on the ridge by six six p.m. six fifteen. So, um, good day. I did. Excuse me, excuse me for my yawns. Um, I did before packing up the spotting scope, um, basically looking up Canyon, higher elevation, up the drainages. I did spot a doe and probably one of this year's fawns, maybe a yearling, but it, it was, this deer was a lot smaller than the doe. Um, did spot a doe and doe and fawn. Uh, about a thousand yards up and probably 8,600 feet. I'm at 82. I'm guessing they're about 400 feet higher than me. Um, so if the does are up at elevation right now, I can guarantee you the bucks are too. Um, so that was good to see. And, uh, tomorrow I think I'm going to just work on figuring out like, what's the, what's the best high elevation, kind of glassing knob that I can get to, um, that I can get to in the dark (laughs) safely and, uh, kind of get my game plan together for Saturday. So I'm going to get out early tomorrow and, um, get up a little higher elevation, a little better vantage point to look down into this drainage, see what's going on. So I know there's deer in here, that's for sure. <clears throat> Speaking of elevation, the uh I just looked my iPhone says that I'm exactly at eighty two hundred feet. So the tent, if I moved it just a little bit any direction, I would not be at exactly eighty two hundred, but it's a good elevation to be at. Um weather's been super mild. It's beautiful out right now. Last night was windy at this time. Tonight there's not even a, a hint of a breeze. It's just perfectly clear. Look out in the sky. It's like satellites and airplanes and stars and constellations and shooting stars. It's just crazy how how crystal clear everything is right now. And um, even more crazy how much it's going to change in 36 hours. So, anyways... Stoked to be here. Um, kind of amazing still to have a tag filled and then be back on the mountain with the deer tag in hand still. Um, D-zone hunting. It's hard, but there's critters out here. And, um, you know, people people talk about how, like, it's hard to find deer in, in October especially. And I was thinking about it, like, that bear has, you know, inch to two inches of fat. Bears, deer too, deer, deer as well are loading up their fat reserves before they go into winter. And 
you think about it, they're basically preparing their bodies to be outside in freezing temperatures, wet weather, snow, rain, um, lack of direct sunlight, often through the winter. So they're dressed, they're dressed. They've put fat on their body that would be similar to like if we got dressed to go skiing or we got dressed to go out and be out in the weather. Um, <clears throat> and then when you get these warm days, it's like, how would we feel to be dressed for the nastiest, coldest weather and then be sitting you know, out on the patio when it's 75, 80 degrees? Um, we would be seeking shade quickly. And so when you think about it, like the deer, when the weather's this mild and it's always this mild in California, it seems like, but when the weather's this mild, they're just hidden out. They're just like tucked away. They don't want sunlight on their body at all. And so they're, you know, daylight hours, they're bedded down, they're in the shade they're hiding out. Um, they're staying as cool as they can and just getting food and water um, and staying cool. So it'll be interesting to see how, it'll be interesting to see if I can notice any change in behavior when we get this little cold snap. You know, my thought is that, my thought is that the deer will be out moving around quite a bit on Sunday. I'm thinking that for the one day of nasty weather, they'll they'll hunker down, um, maybe not move too much. But Sunday, it's gonna be cold. It'll be it'll the weather will have cleared, and I'm thinking that deer will be out in the sun a little more, catching some rays, getting that get hitting those east facing slopes and south facing slopes, and getting a little more more sun on their bodies, especially if there's some snow up here and. Um, and if it's really down into the teens for temperature. So <clears throat> those are the bets. Those are the hunches. And uh, we'll see if it happens. And we'll see if I can handle being out when it's 15 degrees. Because <laughs> that's a real question. All right. So day two, done in the books. Bear meat is on ice. And I'm in the tent. Just going to get a good night's sleep and be ready to rock and roll by about 4 a.m. <sighs> so I can find a good glassy knob that's a few hundred feet up higher than me right now. All right, everybody. Take care. Look for the next update. <clears throat> Okay, so it's Friday morning, about 9 a.m. <clears throat> and uh, I got up to uh, Glassy Knob, Glassy Point, about a half an hour before any kind of light from the sunrise was even visible. About 6.15, about 6.45, kind of had a gray light where we could see a little bit. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know, about probably 
or so, uh, I had moved a little bit to get a better vantage point and uh, glassed up six does <clears throat> or a mix of does and fawns. And they were, uh, they were probably 86 to 8,800 foot elevation. Up on this, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, on <clears throat> up on this uh, pretty steep basin, and I've just been mostly watching them, alternating between looking at some of the other areas that I could get visibility to, and kind of gritting out the rest of this basin, um, and then coming back to them. I lost track of three of them, so the group of them split up for some reason. So now I'm watching these three as they traverse across the basin. What's interesting to me is they're basically staying in the shade, so it's a north <clears throat> northwest slope. And, uh, you know, it's, it's 9 a.m., 9.15, and there's sun everywhere, but this entire ridge that they're on, or this part of the basin they're on, is, is in the shade. And uh, I'm thinking they're moving over to the side of it that will be in the shade the longest today, and it'll be interesting to see if they bed down. I don't know if watching does helps me find bucks or not, but it's interesting watching their behavior and just seeing what they do and where they choose to bed down. That might be a little bit informative in terms of what bucks might be doing. Certainly, if these does are up at this elevation, at this time of year than the bucks are too. <sighs> I'm gonna watch them until they bed down, see if I can find that, see that happen. And then I think I'm gonna move about another half mile deeper up the, up the uh, drainage and get a better vantage point on some of the other north-facing slopes where I think maybe bucks are going to be and then get set up for a, a mid-afternoon to evening glassing session. I'm pretty much set for the day, so I, I don't need to be back at camp until, you know, a little bit after dark, so can make a full day of this, get two or three different sits in, and uh, it'll help inform what kind of plan of attack I've got for tomorrow. Saturday, I, I pulled, a, I pulled a, a weather report from the Garmin, and uh, it shows getting windy a little bit tonight, and then some cloud cover tomorrow morning. And then by midday, it's a, it's a heavy mix of snow and rain. And by late afternoon, it's heavy snow. 
So, dramatic change in weather between today and tomorrow afternoon. I'll have to figure out where I want to be. I'm not going to be too far from camp when that snow hits. So, I'll just have to figure out what the best plan is and what I can do. If it's a little bit closer to camp, a little less extreme. And, uh, be in a position to duck out of the storm if it gets really nasty. Of course, I'd rather have it be snowing than raining, personally. Rain and wind is miserable. Snow, at least you can stay a little bit drier. So, all right, that's it for now. Going to keep watching these three does, figure out where they're going to bed down, and then Maybe that'll tell me where the bucks are bedding down, or at least in similar settings. Okay, so not five or ten minutes after that last little recording I had, these does had worked their way across the basin And they tucked in, there's like this knife edge rock that sticks up. And uh, they basically have tucked in, one of them tucked into like a cave that's in that rock. Another one is tucked in on the absolute north side of it. The other one's still feeding, but I'm guessing it's going to go up and tuck in next to that rock as well. So just picture perfect. They're in a spot that's going to be in the shade as the sun rotates for at least the next few hours. And if I hadn't seen them go there, one of them's pretty visible. The one that's kind of tucked into the cave is actually very visible from my vantage point, but from anything a little bit sideways, laterally, either way, probably not. The other one that's tucked in on the north side of the rock is damn near invisible. So if I hadn't known that she was there, I wouldn't see her. These does have really nice, like, bright white throat patches on them. It's pretty cool. So, I'm going to use this as a template. I'm sure bucks are doing the same thing. Just got to find them. But they're tucking into these rocks. Tucking into the north side. Bedding down right about now. So, lessons learned. It's a puzzle. Hunting ain't easy. It's just a puzzle. Got to keep putting the pieces together until it starts to come into picture. That and a lot of luck. All right. Time to find some bucks. Okay, so come up on 4 o'clock on Friday. And um, I've been glassing the same basin since before 7 a.m. Um, I saw between 7 and 9, I located about 
It was either eight or nine deer. There may have been a spike in there. But I think it was all does and fawns or yearlings. And uh, so I just figured I was going to watch them, see what they did throughout the day. And um, there's a group of four or five that I lost track of. And I felt like they were heading maybe up into one of the kind of the creek with one of the little drainages within the basin. Later in the day, around 2, 2.30, I was traversing the rim of the basin and uh, saw a bunch of tracks heading out over the top. And I think that was probably them. So they bailed out. And then there's the other three that I was watching that were kind of tucked into a rock. I think I said earlier, it's like a knife edge, shark's fin type of a rock that gave them, almost had like a cave too. So those three deer stayed in that rock and around it for four hours, four and a half hours. They got up at 1.30. They dropped down a few hundred yards down into some trees and they actually bedded. One of the trees is kind of hollowed out literally bedded inside the tree it was crazy so that that point they're just buried in there for shade um a little while before that i glassed up a solo doe just by herself and she was just like laying in this thicket of, of uh maybe manzanita whatever the scrubby scrubby low-line brush is up here right now um she was just using like a bed and she was just buried in it. Um, when those other three deer came down into those trees around 1.30, she actually got up at the same time and it was like 1.30 was the, the time to get up and move. She disappeared. I lost track of her. And then uh, once I moved around the rim of the basin to this next glassing spot, probably my third glassing spot along the basin today um about 3 30 or so the three deer that have been watching all day they were kind of buried in that tree they got up and boogied I'm, i think they saw me but because the way well i'm about 400 yards away probably 300 feet vertically up and while I'm, you know, hard to see against the backdrop of the rocks and the brush and everything, if they saw me moving as I got into the spot, then they knew I was here. And there's one point where I was looking down at them and I felt like they were looking straight up at me. And it was just a few minutes later that they bailed out. So maybe it's time to go get water. Coming up on four o'clock. Uh, could very well be water time. Or maybe they saw me and felt like they were being watched. I wanted to get out of here. So now I've been torn with the idea of bouncing over to another basin. About a quarter mile away, side hilling. And, uh, but it's further, takes me further away from camp. 
or stay here. I got the itch to uh, to relocate, but really when you get down to it, just like those four deer bailed out earlier today, there's no reason why other deer won't come into this basin. They won't come in from behind me because the wind's blowing that way. But they could come in from below. They could come in from either side. So I'm going to sit tight. Obviously, deer use this basin. There's, you know, seven, eight, nine deer in this area today throughout the day at some point. So I'm going to hold tight and uh, see what turns up as the sun starts to set behind the rocks, the cliffs behind me. And uh, let's hope for the best. Let's hope something nice walks out. Be interesting. Be amazing if it's all does today, but that happens. Just because there's does here doesn't mean there's bucks. It's too early for that action. So, all right. Probably listen to lots of wind rustling behind around me as well. So, sorry about the noise. Get back at you with a uh, hunting ain't easy update this evening. Once I get back into camp, unless something exciting happens before then. What's up, everybody? This is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy, and it is. Uh... It's Saturday morning. It's really, it's Friday night, but Saturday morning, 3 a.m. And uh, I figured I'd do a little recap from yesterday. <sighs> Why? Why at 3 a.m. do a recap from yesterday? Because I haven't slept very well tonight. Uh, probably a little bit dehydrated, which I can fix. And uh, just the wind's been whipping, which I can't fix. So we got this little storm rolling in. And uh, last night I woke up thinking it was at least 2 o'clock and it was only 11.30. <laughs> and then I woke up again thinking it was, oh, it's at least 4. And it was only 2.30. So not sleeping very well. But uh, yesterday, Friday... I got a full day in, just glassing. Um, primarily one basin and then other areas that I could see out to. But uh, what a day. I mean, for me, um, not a single legal buck, but I saw, I think, I'm going to say eight deer. I'm going to say eight, maybe nine different deer. But if you recall... On the last recording, <sighs> on the last recording, um, those three does, or the doe and the two fawns, yearlings, whatever, that I'd been keeping my eye on all day, around 4 p.m., they just got up and bailed out. They, 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 they boogied down through the creek, creek bottom at the bottom of the drainage and disappeared. And I wasn't sure if it was because they could see me and they felt like they were being watched or if it was time to go get a drink and going down through the creek, the drainage at the bottom um, was their basically quickest access to finding water. Uh, <clears throat> um, most of these creeks are dry right now, but 
if you follow them long enough, you'll find a spot where there's a seep and you can get some fresh water in the rocks of the creek. So they're not really flowing right now, but underground there's water and it's coming up. So that was at four o'clock and then I'm like weighing the, weighing the options. You know, do I bail, go to another ridge, just stick with that basin and see what it turns up. And I decided to stick with it on the basis that, you know, kind of like mathematically, um, <laughs> there's no reason that that basin should be at any deficit to any other in terms of a buck showing up. Um, and then sure enough, like 5 p.m., I notice right at the little twist in the creek bottom where I saw them run through earlier and leave, I see a deer. I see a doe standing there feeding. And then um, she lays down like 20 feet from where I saw her standing feeding. Practically disappears when she lays down, almost invisible. And as I'm looking for her when she's laid down, I see another deer. <laughs> and then I see another deer. So it turns out that that doe and the two fawns, they came back. And they lay down in this, this, you know, shadowed, cool um, creek bottom where they've got, again, no sun on them at all. And I'm sure they've got some good thermals coming up to keep them aware of whatever's coming their way, if anything, any threats. And they're just happy as can be. And so then... As I'm watching them, I don't know, maybe 5.30 or so, they get up and all of a sudden I notice there's a fourth deer. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's, you know, the other one, the one, maybe the lone deer that I had seen earlier that I couldn't figure out where it went had joined them. Um, there were two lone deer during the day. One that was feeding by itself that I thought was a spike. I thought I could just barely see antlers, just these tiny little, just tiny little skinny spikes. Um, but I lost track of that deer. And then there's the other deer that was laid down in this bed of shrubs by itself. And that on that one, I, I couldn't tell. I didn't, I didn't think that I saw, um, any antlers of any sort. So anyways, this fourth deer shows up down there in the creek bottom with the other three. And it gets, it walks over and starts thrashing its head on this bush. And then that's not what I would say is typical doe behavior. And so it's just thrashing this bush with its head as you would expect a deer with antlers to do. And so I, I zoom in a little bit. My my optics side up is not good, but it it's functional to a degree. But when I zoom in, I lose quality a lot. And so anyway, zoom in. And then zoom out and focus and refocus. And sure enough, this deer is a spike. It's a two by two. I mean, it's a one by one spike on both sides. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, maybe it's got a fork on one side. Not that I could see. So, anyways, 
I did see a buck yesterday. Seven or eight non-bucks. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm going to just, you know, that was the basically the best day of glassing I've ever had in terms of just total deer population observed. So I would say it was a success. Um, being able to follow or relocate deer is, is an important skill. And this basin probably made it almost as easy as it could ever be. But, uh, you know, I lost track of them a few times, relocated them, uh, lost track of that four or five group that, and then I found their tracks leaving the basin. Um, so I know where they went, they, they bailed out. Um, so overall, no legal bucks, but a population of deer that tells me they're still up here. And I'm sure there's legal bucks up here too. Just uh, they're a little more reclusive. They're a lot more reclusive and a little harder to find. So today what's on tap is wind, increasing clouds, occasional rain, supposedly as early as 6 a.m., and then kind of a rain and snow mix on and off through the day until 2. By 2 p.m., predicted to have heavy snow um, for most of the afternoon. So that's today's plan as far as weather. Uh, tomorrow morning, by tomorrow morning it clears. Mostly clear skies, but wicked cold, like 19 degrees um that's tomorrow because today's saturday yeah even though it's not really saturday it's friday night (coughs) so sunday is clear but really cold um and so today i'm kind of assuming that the deer are gonna be kind of shaking around a little bit they're gonna be moving around a little differently than they normally would um, simply because weather's going to have them, the wind will have them a little agitated. Um, they might be moving to avoid the wind. Uh, rain is going to have them a little, little agitated. Uh, it won't be so warm, so they might actually be more likely to get up and feed, both from a body heat, needing to produce heat and warmth perspective, and really even just comfort because if it's not a heavy rain then they may actually enjoy being up and moving around more during the middle of the day than when it's 70 degrees and then snow who knows what that'll do with them but uh i do expect them to be willing to stand out in the sun a little more um if they're not just hunkered down hiding out and then tomorrow with it so cold I'm expecting that they'll uh, that they'll actually seek out some of those east and south facing slopes earlier in the day <coughs> for the purpose of staying warm. Um, also, depending on how much snow we get, those slopes that that snow is going to burn off sooner and uh, give them a little quicker, faster, easier access to to food. So. I've been in this tent once before with about six inches of snow overnight. 
So based on what's expected, I'm not worried about that. Um, gonna do a little bit of securing of the edges to uh, make sure it's a little, it's ready for the wind. And then, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll hunt today. I'll just adapt. Uh, I'll just adapt to the weather as I go. Um, I do not want to hike heavily in my rain gear because I just sweat out underneath and it's miserable. It keeps me dry from the elements outside, but I get, you know, no, no, no rain gear breathes perfectly. And, um, I think this rain gear breathes as well as I could expect, but it still, it still gets humid underneath it. And then the other aspect of it is even if it's not raining, if it's really windy, well, the rain gear is my windshield too. So I'm going to have it on. So lots of temperature and moisture, uh, management today is the key. And then other than that, I'll go out and hunt, um, explore a little bit, maybe try to check out a new ridge. And um, we're going to find some bucks today or tomorrow. It's going to happen. I am confident about that. So news at 11. Hunting easy. This is Mike signing off until the next update, which will be either weather or deer focused. Okay, so 4 a.m. update Saturday morning. At this point, we can legitimately say it's actually Saturday. And I just pulled the weather forecast again from the Garmin. And um, the most consistent thing today is wind. And I think wind is evil. (laughs) Wind is the worst. I'll take rain without wind. I'll take snow over rain for sure. Wind is the worst. Anyways, precipitation is supposed to start sometime early this morning. And uh, stepped out to do the business this morning. Um, and it's mostly cloud cover. Can't see very many stars. So clouds are here. Wind is here. And that means I'm going to stay close to camp. I cannot afford to go out and get sweated up hiking two miles um, because I'm just not going to, I'm not going to be able to rewarm very well, not with the wind the way it is. So playing it smart. Also, if I don't get sweated up hiking out, I could get sweated up or get wet from precipitation on the way back. And uh, diving into a tent after heavy exertion and wet and wind. Um, Going to have a harder time rewarming in the tent. So I don't have a stove in tent. California, you just don't need it. Except for maybe one week of the year. <laughs> so anyways, going to focus on staying close. There's plenty of terrain and habitat I can glass from just a couple hundred yards of the tent. So it'll be fine. In fact, Thursday morning when I packed the bear meat out, I glassed for a couple hours that morning. I was actually able to glass up into the basin that I was focused on yesterday and actually saw two of those deer. 
So I can, I can see a pretty good distance and see into a lot of different terrain features from close to camp. So that's the plan, which means I got two more hours before I need to leave, even consider leaving the tent. So lights out and time to nap. So back at you with uh, more weather or hunting updates as it seems appropriate. Hunting ain't easy. The sounds of Saturday afternoon in the mountains. You might hear a little pitter-patter of rain. Actually, I think we're dropping some hail right now. And uh, I'm in the tent. Decided that walking around in the drizzle and the fog wasn't really going to achieve anything. Um, clouds are low enough to where I can't see any the mountains or even the valleys <laughs> around me. So glassing is useless right now. And so basically just decided to climb into the tent and uh, dry off, stay dry, stay warm. Not overdo the exposure thing and uh, be ready to go when these clouds lift and things clear up, which actually based on the radar might be as early as 2.30 or 3. So I'm digging that. Um, I think the temps are going to drop on the backside of this storm, but that's okay. If it clears up enough to where I can see and the rain stops, I think that's the deer will be out moving. So let's hope on that. Snow might not actually be in the future on this one. I think the snow is a little bit of bluster on the, the weather prediction side of things, but we'll see. Anyways, hunkering down, staying dry, staying warm, and looking for that next moment of opportunity to get out there and find a big old buck. Here we go. We'll add just a few more seconds of pitter-patter from the hail drops. Now I can see where people like, well, I can see where people that do extended hunts in like third rifle in Colorado you know October high elevation Colorado and they've got multiple days um, I'm pretty sure Brady Miller from Go Hunt had a uh, has a movie about this like a 10 day hunt Aaron Snyder talks about it often Brian Call talks about it often all, all the kind of high profile you know hunting content producers that do big big mountain backcountry hunts um that 10 day format i can see how you get up there and late season you know october you've got to have you've got to have a hot tent where you can warm up and dry things out 
And you also have to have just nerves of steel because if you get stuck in your tent for three or four days at a time, boy, that could be mentally brutal. So I'm already, I'm, I'm itching to get out (laughs) after 20 minutes of laying here. So anyways, um, the sounds of weather. Hunting ain't easy. D-Zone, California, public land, backcountry. There's a bear in the truck. Thank goodness. Got that. Now we're looking to fill this deer tag as well. That will be quite awesome. I might say so myself. I'll be super stoked if I can actually pull two tags filled on this five-day hunt. All right. End of the day recap in the tent. It's Saturday, storm day. It wasn't that bench of a storm. It was enough to keep me cooped up for the middle of the day, but it didn't really snow here at all. Um, once the clouds lifted just before sunset, I could see that other ridges, mountains, etc., um, several miles away. But in the same general area, more yawns, um, had snow. So I guess I just didn't get the snow, but other places did that were close by. Um, what happened today? Tried to stay warm, keep, keep from getting too wet. Um, hunted this morning, glassed until 9.30 or 10 and um just nothing 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 at least nothing that i could see that's the magic of it the deer could have been there the whole time i just didn't see him but uh really tore apart that base and studied it pretty hard for about three hours and uh didn't turn anything up so then i decided to go for a walk in the rain and uh I guess you could say I was doing some still hunting. I was just kind of wandering in the woods a little bit, close to camp, hoping that uh, hoping that a buck would meander on past me as it was trying to figure out where it wanted to be to stay out of the rain. That didn't happen. So came back to the tent, realized that uh, it doesn't matter how good your rain gear is. If you're out in the rain for a couple hours, things get wet. And um, any level of exertion, of course, creates humidity under the rain gear, which creates dampness. And uh, without a hot tent, it's hard to get dry. And it's hard to stay warm and rewarm, etc. So came back to the tent and... Um, just kind of hunkered down. Try to use my body heat to dry everything out. I mean, I wasn't soaked, but I just wanted to lay in the tent for a few hours and um, kind of napped a little bit. The weather prediction was that by about 2.30 or 3, rain would stop. And lo and behold, 3 o'clock, Rain had stopped, hail had stopped, 
Um, looked like it was calmed down a little bit. There was some, some sun was poking through. So I gathered all my goodies and went over to a glassing spot. It's almost a cave. It's very cool. It's basically, there's no roof, but it's surrounded on three sides with rock. And so I kind of tucked into this little notch in the rock and it gave me a great view of the basin that I wanted to glass. Kept me out of the wind. Um, so nice little shelter spot to to sit and do some glassing. That's where I was this morning and spent from three till six this evening in that spot. Same deal. No deer, no deer at all. Um, and I, I can see a lot of different terrain and I can see every, I can see terrain from 8,400 to 9,200 feet. Um, I can see into pockets of timber. I can see a big open basin. I can see the cuts where the creeks are, the seasonal creeks that, that run through this basin. I can see the cuts that they make seen to those um i can see all the areas where the deer were yesterday so just one complication was clouds were blowing through and i'd go from having great visibility to being socked into the clouds um but for the most part there was always something visible that i could put the spotting scope on and check out so no uh I'll say A for effort. I want my I want my participation trophy because <laughs> I tried hard, um, but uh, no deer spotted today. <clears throat> I'm imagining the weather had something to do with it. It's possible. I don't think this is likely, but it's possible that the way the wind was blowing. It literally carried my scent up into the canyon. I mean, I'm like a mile away from the basin that the deer are in. Um, and the wind's blowing in every direction today. It's just all over the place. But I guess it is It is possible that my scent got blown up into that basin so much that the deer said adios. Um I don't think that's the case. I think it was just an anomaly of the weather and conditions and everything else. The deer deer were either hunkered down and uh, invisible or uh, had bounced over to a different ridge, to the other side of the ridge, to stay out of the wind. Maybe they didn't like the wind blowing on them, so they may have moved just enough to where they didn't have direct wind on them get to the leeward side of the uh of the mountains so all kinds of options <sighs> i um i'm pretty i'm pretty content though there's ice on the tent right now literally on the outside of the tent there's ice on it but um the tent's holding up fine We've had some pretty good gusts of wind, 30, 40 mile an hour gusts of wind, I believe, up here. And tents holding up. Um, I've got uh, 
I put on another merino layer. So sleeping in that to warm it up and basically kind of want to get everything that I'm going to wear tomorrow body temperature overnight by wearing it. Um, except for a couple things, a couple things I'm not going to wear, but I'm going to put them in the sleeping bag with me just to keep them, keep them warm and not have to put on a 28 degree jacket in the morning. Cause I think it's going to freeze here even in the tent overnight. The low temperature in the morning is supposed to be 19, 17, 20 degrees, something like that. So it's pretty stupid cold. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But swapped out my socks. I usually wear a super thin, no cushion, uh, smart wool merino sock over their uh, low rise, n no cushion uh, sock liner. Works out really well. Um, swapped out the ultra thin merino sock for a thicker little more cushy uh merino wool blend sock so gonna rock new socks tomorrow for this super cold temp and then um, i also put on a uh, black ovis merino long sleeve base layer over the top of, it's a mid-weight i think it's 200 200 weight uh, merino wool put it over the Brignier fishnet base layer that I've been wearing uh, the, the Brignier has been doing great I mean it works I just need an extra layer tomorrow so we'll have the Brignier base layer and then up top I'm going to have the Black Ovis merino over that on the legs I've got um a merino, a lightweight merino base layer from Scree over the Brignier. So basically going base, base. And then um, I've got uh, my superior fleece, Alpha Direct, Polar Tech Alpha Direct uh, fleece hoodie from a company called Superior Fleece. They're awesome. They make, um, they only do batches of, of fleece, fleece wear. Um, they do like monthly, but I think they took the summer off, although summer's over, so they should be kicking off here soon. I think their, their next run is going to be in November, but really good pricing on high end, high tech, ultra light, uh, primarily all polar tech, um, fabrics. So you can grab a, grab a good hoodie from them if you're interested, but so Brignier base, Merino base over that. Um, and then I've got my cryptic hunting shirt, which is basically a non-insulated, um, kind of a lightweight, breathes really well, camo shirt. It's a hoodie. So I kind of wear it no matter what the conditions are. Um, it could be 90 degrees out and I'll just wear that. Or it could be you know, 28 degrees out and I'll wear it over a couple base layers. I've got my fleece and then obviously tomorrow, uh, puffy jacket is going to be required if I'm sitting still. Uh, if I'm not sitting still and I'm moving, working up some body heat, then I will not wear the hoodie 
because I mean, I won't wear the, the puffy jacket because I need to be able to stop and have something warm to put on once I stop generating heat myself. So I think you can listen to, uh, you know, John Barclow from Sitka gear, his, he's on a lot of podcasts. Um, absolutely one of the most knowledgeable people out there when it comes to staying warm in the mountains, functionally warm, functionally uh, safe in mountain conditions for hunting or mountaineering. But he, his focus, of course, is hunting. And uh, moisture management is as important as temperature management. So if you're building up a lot of sweat, you're going to be doomed at some point because as soon as you stop, you're going to have all that moisture. You're going to get cold. So tomorrow when it's 20 degrees, you can be certain that I will be moving very slowly and intentionally not working up a sweat. Um, basically just going to move along at just enough of a pace to stay warm generate some body heat, but not break into a sweat, not create a lot of moisture and perspiration. So that's one of the tricks when it's cold like this. I can't say I'm a pro, but I understand it enough to do it and uh, should work out. So anyways, that's it for tonight. We've got a really cold day tomorrow. A little breezy. Um, supposed to warm up to about 40, which will be nice. And I believe the sun's going to be out for most of the day, so that'll be good. And uh, I think tomorrow, Sunday, it's uh, it's Big Buck Sunday. So we're going to find that buck tomorrow and then um, pack it up, pack it home. So news and updates tomorrow. Hunting ain't easy, that's for sure. What's up, everybody? This is Mike with Hunting Ain't Easy. I'm here to tell you that hunting ain't easy. Uh, it's Sunday evening. I don't think I did a recording this morning. So, yesterday was a storm day. It actually started snowing a little bit late in the evening. <clears throat> I think after I went to sleep. Sometime I woke up with, uh, could hear snow coming down, like kind of like those little hail ball type snow pellets, but it's not hail. So anyways, woke up, uh, I don't know, four, four thirty and looked out at the edge of the tent where it meets the ground and saw that I had a nice little seam of uh of snow covering the gap between the tent and the ground so i figured oh wow maybe a couple inches anyways as soon as i got out of the tent i realized that that was the snow that had piled up and accumulated from the tent where it had fallen down the tent um most mostly you could say we got a trace of snow up here and i'm at like 8200 feet you can see some mountains in the distance that were like white cap, like fully blanketed snow. Um, 
So I think that you could say that there's a few to several inches of snow fell somewhere, some of the higher peaks, but where I am, <clears throat> it was a trace. It was enough to <sighs> make some things white, but not enough to cover any bushes or any rocks or anything like that. So um, <clears throat> it was just evidence of being cold. And cold it was this morning. I had ice forming in my water bottle inside the tent. So the tent temperature is always going to be a few degrees warmer than outside. <clears throat> Sorry for the coughs. Um, yeah, so tent temperature is going to be warmer by a few degrees than it is outside because it's sheltered. But uh, it was brisk this morning. Anyways, I set out to glass that basin that I've been focused on so much. Um, I wanted to get to the other side of it, though. It's kind of like a horseshoe. And I've been on one side of that horseshoe for the last few days. And I wanted to get to the other side where I haven't glassed so I could see at a different angle. Look down into it. And then that would also kind of open up the opportunity to continue on that other ridge that I hadn't been on yet and take that ridge to get into some other basins um, a little further up the drainage. So I set out, figure I was going to have to drop elevation. Um, I was down to a half a liter of water <laughs> this morning. So I knew I, I needed water. I needed to drop elevation to get to the other ridge. And so in doing so, I would also cross probably two, at least one good water opportunity. So drop about 400 feet, maybe 500 feet, get to the, the creek at the bottom. I figured the main creek would have water in it and maybe one of the, the seasonal creeks that I would have to cross as well would have water. So drop four or 500 feet down, cross the creek, and then start up the spine of the other ridge where it starts down low in the basin, bottom part of the drainage, and then have about, um, at that point, about 600 feet to climb up. So a little bit of elevation drop and gain and then I wanted to be up on that ridge you know as as the sun's coming up and I figured I wanted to take it nice and slow didn't want to work up a sweat because temperature management is requires see how I can say this properly moisture management is critical when you've got cold temperatures Moisture management um, can be for success and comfort in cold temperatures or it can make for hypothermia if you get, work up too much of a sweat. So I bailed down the hill and um, I tell you what, walking off trail down rocky slopes in the dark is not easy.
um, take it slow. So, <laughs> of course, I immediately start working up a sweat. Um, so, and I don't even have my puffy on. So I've just got uh, the Brignet Fishnet Merino base. I've got Black Ovis Midweight Merino base. My hunting shirt, which doesn't do anything from a temperature perspective. Not much, at least. And then um, Superior Fleece. Polar Tech Alpha Direct hoodie. Um, and man, I'm like stewing. So once I get down the hill, I realize I'm overdressed, even though it's literally in the 20s temperature wise. Um, it's cold, it's well below freezing. And um, I'm just sweating like, a, like I'm in a sauna. So get down towards the bottom. Across the creek, it's got water in it. It surprises me. It's not the creek I expected to have water, so I pass it up. I, w- I didn't want to stop yet. Um, I'm already sweating, and I wanted to stop closer to uh, the actual climb back out of the out of the valley. So I figure, all right, if that creek's got water, then surely the other one will. So keep going. Get to the other creek. No water. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <clears throat> Last thing I want to do is backtrack. So I'm like, all right, we're going to find water at some point. Come across a little puddle in some granite. Um, it's got a little, little seep of water trickling into it. And I'm like, oh, this is sweet. <clears throat> it's got a quarter inch of ice on it. Break the ice. And it's not deep enough to actually get a water bottle full. And, uh, I need, I need three, four full water bottles to get loaded up for the day because I want to make sure I was fully stocked. And so that's not going to happen without stirring up the muck in the bottom. And that I did. So now I've got dirty water and I'm like, forget it. Need to find some other water. So I know there is water but that requires backtracking and I know I'm going to find other water at some point during the day. So I figure I'm good. Strip off the fleece, get down to just the two base layers. And, um, <clears throat> at this point I've wasted a lot of time. I've backtracked once cause I got off trail or off, off direction from what I wanted to do. Made a 90 degree left when I should have been going straight. Um, I'm without water. I'm sweating. And, uh, time to climb up the hill so completely missed the first 30 minutes of visible light of of you know daylight that you get before the sun comes up completely missed that in terms of hiking through it got up to the ridge not seeing anything and uh i'm like damn this is like where these where'd all these deer go um not a huge fan of the view. feel like I'm missing, well, I'm missing, you know, a third of the base. I can't see it because of where I am on that, on that side. But uh, sure enough, though, about 8 a.m., 8, 8.30, as I'm starting to feel like I missed the show and there's no bucks, there's no deer to see, I spot what I think is the group of... F- 
two or three, um, like that three or four deer that I'd seen so much the other day. I see two, and then I keep counting, see four, five, six, six deer in this group. Three of them are bucks. Hallelujah, right? No. There's spikes. Three spikes in this group of deer. Um, so I'm figuring you've, we've got a couple does, three yearlings, and maybe one of this year's fawns, or maybe a doe. I don't know. Two does, one of this year's fawns, three yearlings. I don't know what the mix-up is there, but three spikes out of these six deer. And so I watched them for a while, and they did what I thought they would do, because it's, you know, it's 20 degrees out, it's cold, snowed overnight, nasty weather yesterday. The deer are not worried about staying cold. They're, they're, they are worried about staying cold. So they're going to go out and get up on the, uh, the east-facing slopes, where the sun's going to hit them early. And sure enough, they were on the east-facing slopes of the drainage. And they were out there in the sun and just moseying across. And um, I was watching them, and I was looking uh, looking up the rest of the drainage trying to find some other deer, find some legal bucks, and um, couldn't locate anything else. But... uh, the, these these six deer, they disappeared. They just absolutely melted away into the hillside. Um, I'm pretty sure that they bedded down as they were kind of going through some pretty thick, you know, like shoulder-high brush. Um, I think they just bedded down in that brush on the sunny side of the hill so they'd have kind of indirect sun on them, great protection, forage, food right there. They're basically bedded down amongst the food they just absolutely disappeared i lost track of them first i lost track of a few i could only find two of them and then those two i lost track of so it's crazy how deer can just absolutely disappear um before you're you know right in front of you even when you know they're there they just disappear so anyways continued on hiked up um, side hill upwards further up the drainage across a couple more ridges and up into the big basin up at the top of the drainage um, which was awesome just spectacular views this drain this basin is is round it's it's not like a horseshoe it's basically almost like a like a donut it's it's just massive um, the top ridges are well over 9,000 feet uh, it's probably, I need to measure it on a map, but I'm thinking it's at least a thousand yards across, um, if not a mile across, um, from one side to the other. So massive basin, tons of habitat, tons of features that look like they would hold, hold bucks. And, uh, just incredible. So, <clears throat> Spent spent a few hours up there glassing. Um, didn't find anything. Didn't see anything. 
figured I'd, I'd slow hike it back and dropped off the, the ridge down into the timber. Immediately found buck sign, you know, big, big deer poo and big tracks and a bed that had been used today. There was two beds, one with snow still on it, one that was snow was melted out. So I'm guessing it was used this morning. So found some sign, but uh, damn, can't say I didn't try. Um, another day, it was another 12, 13 hour day being away from camp. And, uh, I'm pretty stoked about seeing those six deer, um, you know, spotting deer in the high country glassing for me being successful at that is a relatively new thing. So I'm excited about, you know, being able to do that a couple times now, um, now I just need to figure out how to do it and find the bucks. I think I think the bucks are down down lower. Actually, I think they're probably spending more time in the timber and not going up where they're where they can be seen um, in daylight. So I think that's just the real deal in terms of how they behave once we get in October and it's pre rut. So in the tent, give me another windy and cold night, and. Uh, I'll hunt hunt my way back to the truck tomorrow morning. Um, this hike in to where I am twice when I've hiked through there in the morning, I've seen deer um, three times actually. So one time coming in, I saw deer in two different locations <clears throat> and the other time I saw deer. So three instances of seeing deer in the morning along the trail or along the... It's not really a trail, it's just along the, the, the path that I use um, to get in and out of this area. So, hoping to maybe slow hike it down, take it easy, sit down occasionally and just glass, glass the timber, glass the openings, and uh, maybe tomorrow we'll hook up with a buck on the way back to the truck. So, we'll find out. Stay tuned for more on that. Okay, so that was the uh, last recording I did on the mountain. And uh, the last day of the hunt, um, got up in the morning, did some glassing early and uh, spotted more of the same deer. Um, gave myself just a couple hours in the morning up on that ridge to, to look around and um, didn't see anything new. Um, I think... You know, kind of a recap on the hunt in general <sighs> that I like was the fact that this is one of the first times I actually was in a, able to successfully glass up deer, albeit not legal deer, um, but glass up deer pretty much every day. And um, I think I think if I'd been up there you know, a longer hunt, maybe two to four more days, uh, probably would have been able to put something together. Um, cause on that last day when I hiked up into, uh, kind of a different, uh, basin, a little further deeper up the drainage, um, I saw some, some buck tracks for sure. And so I think, you know, the, the bucks were in there. Uh, absolutely. I mean, heck, if you've got does and, and yearlings up 
at eight, nine thousand foot elevation, then certainly the bucks are up there too. But they're I think they were mostly sticking into the bottoms of the basins and um staying in the timber. So anyways, uh last day of the hunt, uh woke up, you know, just did the did the normal thing, did a little bit of glassing, uh said my goodbyes <laughs> to the mountains, packed up and and hiked out. Uh, I told myself I was going to hike out slow, kind of still hunt on the way out. But um, once I've got camp on my back and and the truck is is the destination, I usually end up hiking pretty fast. And so I just boogied on out. I was I was I'd made the decision it was time to go, so boogied on out and I uh, got back to the truck where I had bear meat waiting for me. Um, and you know, overall, it was a successful hunt. Um, I think for the, the 2022 season for me here in California, I think the challenge was, you know, we all have, we all have lives outside of hunting you know, we've got family, we've got work, we've got obligations, priorities. And, um, I just hadn't really, I, I scouted like crazy, getting a lot of cameras out in a number of zones. Um, I had a big bear hunt up in Oregon in the spring, which I still haven't done a recap on. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just a busy summer, busy summer and busy fall. And so this was like the big five day hunt that I had, um, and made the most of it and, and really had a great time. I, I love the country that I'm in there getting up into the D zone back country, high alpine areas. Um, I didn't see any other people. I think I mentioned in one of the snips from the podcast or from the the recordings i was on the mountain you know i saw a cowboy (laughs) on a horse driving cattle out um i think that was it actually maybe i did see one other person i did i did i saw one other guy the night that i got the bear um he'd hiked in i don't know if i talked about this on the recordings up on the mountain, but he'd hiked in and he was there. Basically he came in the second night that I was there, but I only saw him for a few minutes. Like he, he was camped and he left out that next morning. I don't know what direction he went. Um, but maybe we were sharing the back country, but I saw him literally for five minutes at night as I was hiking through the area where he was camped. Um, and then he disappeared. So that's the coolest thing to me about getting up and really removing yourself, removing myself from the roads and the trailheads and all that is you can just disappear. Like you can just get up there and really be you and the hunt and the mountain and the animals and the elements and um really have a have a good time with that so that's what i love to do so we'll cap it on that um i'm already looking at next year you know finally putting this uh this recording in the can in late december um so i'm already looking at like hunt planning for next year looking at other states am i going to go to do a spring bear hunt am i going to try to pull a, a tag in arizona or air oregon um, I know what I'm looking for to do in California. And so getting into that winter mode of hunt planning and gear planning and um, just, you know, making it a year round pursuit. And I uh, hope you're doing the same and you're enjoying it. 
Uh, look forward to more episodes coming up. I do plan on recording more, but uh, no promises until it's actually happening and, and you've got them to listen to. So thanks for hanging out with me. Hunting ain't easy. This is Mike Costello, and we'll see you on the next round. Bye.